From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins. Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. And Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Summer Skates, rep your favorite player or your own team with personalized shower shoes or koozies. Go to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates banner. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at JesseRay'sBarbecue.com. T-Mobile. Head to T-Mobile to see how you can lock in your rates forever. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be, every hockey fan as it may be. It's Thursday night, we're back. The Pro Hockey West Report after a week off uh, due to my illness. Uh, we are back on and Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, Lake Como, Minnesota. <laughs> Not necessarily in the Pacific Division of the uh, American Hockey League, but my co-host is always Stephen Marsh is from that beautiful, vibrant city, championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Yeah, you can keep calling it championship city, uh, especially with our Las Vegas Aces WNBA team winning the championship again la uh, last night, and the Golden Knights in the NHL keep winning, uh, coming off a Stanley Cup championship. They're now 5-0, and first time since the uh, Oilers of the uh, 80s, coming off of Stanley Cup winning, going 5-0, and and, and uh, Vegas just keep doing well but uh but yes doing okay here and uh it'll be back here t talking professional hockey because it's fully underway i mean we had opening weekend in the american hockey league last weekend the nhl season has got started so um i'm already tired scott can you believe that i mean one weekend in and i'm, <laughs> I'm with you i'm with because, you but that's because i never got a hibernation like i wanted to during the summer i knew this was yeah yeah good good point good point well mine is because i've traveled thirteen thousand three hundred and forty one miles uh since july 30th on the road uh spent most of uh august in minnesota spent most of september uh in the east covering our american hockey league or our ACHA uh, hockey teams. Now the NCAA is fired up along with the uh, the American Hockey League. So I will be slowly working my way back towards uh, towards the Pacific Division. But in the meantime, I'm keeping slowly distance. Slowly may be the operative word there. <laughs> with the way yeah. your car is uh, running these days. Yeah, goodness gracious. It's time to retire it, I think. But um, we'll take it one day at a time, see where we stand. Uh, tomorrow night I have uh, an NCAA matchup between Lindenwood and and uh, St. Thomas right here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, that's good. So you uh, have to go very far. Saturday night, though, I will be in Grand Forks, North Dakota, uh, for the Grand Forks, Minnesota series. And then I'll be busting it from Grand Forks all the way to Kansas City on Sunday and uh, making my way to the Rocky Mountains on uh, Wednesday, Thursday. And I will be there for probably two weeks before I head back towards uh, the Temecula Palm Springs area. 
Wow, that's quite a. Let me tell you what I'm going to be up to. I'm going to go to uh, to uh, Henderson tomorrow. Uh, maybe Summerlin on Saturday, uh, and then I don't know, I'll stay in Vegas and maybe travel 20 minutes down to the Strip for <laughs> Bowling Night Hockey this next week. Uh, so that's my, my short travel. trip it's, is your entire week. <laughs> it's not uh, not quite as adventurous as yours, but that's always the case. You're the more adventurous one, anyway. Well, it's not about adventures. It's about uh, trying to put this all together and find the right mix uh, to uh, to to make me, this go. That's what we're trying. Me traveling at some point. I, I'm ready. I'm 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 in the bullpen. I'm ready to for a marsh on the road to be resurrected and, and get out to these, <laughs> some of these places. Well, Pacific Division definitely needs us. Um, so anyway, I want to start tonight off, Stephen, by talking about the the start that you mentioned. A lot of teams got under. Well, everybody's got underway, but a couple of teams have played. Most teams have played two games. A lot of them have just played one. But um, I look at the games played and the games remaining, I'm going like 70 games remaining, <laughs> 71 games remaining. Um, pretty oh, incredible. It's going by fast, isn't it? Oh, goodness. Um, so anyway, I, I looked at the Pacific Division, and usually the start of the season is when teams play out-of-conference matchups before they jump in and start playing conference matchups or divisional opponents, as it will be. Um, so Henderson got out and uh, went to Iowa, correct? Yeah, the great city of uh, Des Moines, Iowa, where I was hoping to be. Remember, I was talking. No, about you myself. weren't. You didn't want to be there. You really didn't. You just, you just are thinking hey, like it might be a fun adventure. Brian, Brian McCormick, the, broad, the wonderful broadcaster of the Henderson Silver Knights, said it's a great place. He said everybody should go there at least once. So I was when I heard that, I'm like, ah. Uh, Bummed I didn't get to get there this time. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, my friend. You're not missing a thing. I don't know thing. if he was saying that to be funny or if he was being serious. He seemed serious when he said it, but, uh, but he's been there a few times during well, his, uh, his I'm NHL like, broadcasting. I'm not going to lie. Every every place you should see at least once. because uh, Even, that's, even North, my not North Dakota? <laughs> sure, absolutely. You should see everywhere once. Um, but you, you'll quickly make a list of where you want to return to. That's not a, no doubt in my mind, but... Anyway, so Henderson, uh, San Diego, Abbotsford, Tucson, all start off two and zero. The Wranglers one zero and one, and uh, the Bakersfield Condors one zero and zero. So, if I'm counting right, Stephen, that's uh, six of our ten teams are off to an undefeated start. That is, that is correct. That is a good. Uh, that's a good. Good with the math there. Well, I guess Calgary is one zero and one, which means it was an overtime loss. Yeah, so, so they're still they're still unbeaten in regulation through two. Right. Games. Yeah. Correct. Um, but the first four teams: Henderson, San Diego, Abbotsford, and Tucson, all collecting four points in two games, which is the maximum you can get. So when you look at those four teams, you're close to Henderson. You're going to see their home opener uh, tomorrow night. But um, when you look at them, any surprise that they jumped out to a quick two zero start? Uh, I, I don't think so. You know, it's kind of interesting. I just kind of thinking about it overall. And, it, and I put this out on X on the pro hockey West report X account, uh, during the week when we put the standings, cause it's kind of interesting. It's very early in the season, obviously only two games in, but it is kind of, uh, it, it's way, it's, it's like w- way over reaction, uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. And, and of course, it's like in football where one game you're like a team wins and like, oh, that looked like they're going to be a Super Bowl team or a team loses. Like, oh, they're going to be the worst team in the world. And it's like, OK, it's just one game. Well, in this case, it was just one weekend. But 
I think we kind of talked about it going a couple, couple weeks back before the season kind of s- started. Who was going to be the improved teams? Would it be teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that were towards the bottom? You know, the changes that they made, the new coaches that came in, the new players that came in. The, and Henderson is certainly one of those teams that made changes uh, to a co- to the coaching and, and to some of the players that they've brought in and stuff. And, and, uh, and what it translates to, to some success. And again, it's just one weekend. But, but I mean, you look at the teams that are in the top four, Henderson, San Diego, uh, Abbotsford, but they've, they're kind of t- they've been towards the top in the past. And Tucson, last year those were all teams that were kind of on the lower end of the, the division standings. And again, it, and I, I preface this, it's way early, I know, but through one weekend, they're at the top. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And, and yes, it's most of these teams played out of division games, so um, that's how you're able to kind of have a lot of teams undefeated because um, you're not playing with you didn't play your divisional opponents. But uh, Henderson, as I said, was very improved, in, and I was impressed. And, and I don't know much about Iowa. I knew that Iowa is not maybe the top tier of the AHL, but you know they they kind of in the middle, I think. Um, and Henderson could go in there and win that they did it. It was it was a battle. I mean those it was a very physical uh, two days uh, for those two teams. There was a lot of penalty minutes. In fact, uh, Henderson had forty seven penalty minutes through two games of that, and then uh, Iowa had forty penalty minutes after other two games. But it was it was some pretty rough stuff. But the guys that got the goals: Sheldon Rempel, uh, Adam Cracknell, I think Tyler Benson factored, even Grigory Denisenko who was a late addition to the Henderson because it was Vegas claimed him off waivers uh, and then eventually he ended up in Henderson. So uh, those were guys that weren't on the team last year and already we're seeing the production, the uh, offensive production for Henderson already um, way improved than it was a year ago. And certainly the other guys like Gage, Quinny, Brendan, Brisson, they factored in too. But, but like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the offense uh, came from guys that weren't even on the team last year. So certainly the additions there, has made a big impact already through two games. Yeah, I totally agree with you. When you look at uh, what San Diego did, I don't think that's even a shock, Stephen, because the young guys, the young, talented guys that are on the San Diego roster um, are pretty incredible, actually. Um, there's guys that are um, that are, are going to be NHLers soon. I mean, I just look at Olin Zellweger. I told you that uh, defensively that he was going to be one of the uh, premier guys um, on that defensive squad. And I don't know how long he'll be down with the Gulls because uh, the, he was impressive in camp, and uh, I think he'll be equally as impressive when he gets a shot uh, in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the Ducks are kind of an interesting team in the NHL because they've still got a lot of young players. They have some players that have been out, but they're coming back, like Leo Carlson and their young stud, of course, and and they do have some good players in their in their pipeline. So uh, as the season goes on, I'll be interested to see how how that plays out. But uh, I, San Diego is a, is another team that I expected was going to be much better, and and they have shown that already through through two games. I mean, they they scored ten goals over their two games, only gave up five goals through two games. So uh, you know, certainly through two games, they look they look good. And and I think they they're a team that is going to be a lot better than they were last year because last year they were towards the bottom. They were one of the, the three teams that didn't get in. So uh, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be right 
right in the mix, if not towards the top of the division. Okay, so what's your thoughts on Abbotsford? Because uh, the parent team, being Vancouver, has struggled a little bit. But uh, it looks like Abbotsford's starting to put this thing together as well. And their their roster is, again, really, really solid. And uh, it's just a matter of how many of those guys will stay uh, in the uh, American Hockey League and how many will get a shot in the NHL, correct? Yeah, I mean, Abbotsford uh, had a couple of wins over Lavelle uh, in, uh, in up there, which is not a divisional opponent, but it's in Canada as well. So they, they do play them. Uh, a few times a year, and they got off to, I mean, seven goals the first night they played Lavelle, and then they got, the next night, they got another four goals, um, a hat trick by Nielsen uh, in the uh, second game, so that was uh, good for him, and then the first night, the uh, Potts uh, Colson, last name Potts Colson, had a couple of goals, uh, Rathboni, who was a good player he's got a goal and and then john stevens getting on the board who's of course the son of vegas golden knights assistant coach john stevens he got on the board uh on the first game so uh you know they they're a team that's been kind of in the last couple of years in the top four in the division so i i would expect them to kind of stay around there that's of course if depending on how the other teams beefed up their their rosters and stuff but um i think Certainly, through two games, they've looked impressed. They've looked good. I mean, two and zero. You you can't do much better than that. Is you know you're still trying to feel out these these teams. But uh, once these teams start playing teams in their division, it'll be real interesting to to see how the the matchups are. But um, it's been kind of interesting to see these out of divisional games, which is nice to see because sometimes you don't see that. Like last year, Henderson didn't have any games outside of their division. This year, they're going to have I think uh, eight games out of their division. They'll have two more with Iowa here in Henderson this year. They'll go to Milwaukee. They'll host Milwaukee. So And then and then San Diego's got some, some out-of-divisional games. We talked about it several weeks ago when we did the schedules and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think it's you, – you, you've got to like what you've seen from Abbotsford so far. When I look at Abbotsford, I, I look at their uh, goaltending. It's truly international. They've got a Latvian, uh, a goaltender from Belarus, and a goaltender from Calgary. Um, that, that's pretty impressive when you can bring in uh, three highly talented international goaltenders. Um, do they all stick, Stephen, in your mind? Do they hang hang with AHL affiliate Abbotsford all season long? It's – I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's interesting, yeah, that you have three goaltenders. I would think one would probably end up in the, in the ECHL. I'm not, I'm not sure who their ECHL affiliate is, but – uh, and of course, you've got the situation in in Vancouver, and who's there? Who's the goaltending there, and and what that's going to look like? And um, I'm sure one of them will get an opportunity at some point to to play up in in Vancouver. But um, I think right now, it looks certainly like these are going to be the guys in in net for the uh, the Abbotsford uh, Canucks. Okay. Last and not least, last and not least, are the two. I'm sorry. I am tired. I was extremely sick last night, and I'm uh, I just kind of hanging in there today. But uh, you look at what Steve Potvin has done, and of course John Ferguson, the general manager in Tucson. But this roster is about as seasoned and as experienced and as veteran as you're going to see in the American Hockey League. Look out for the Tucson Roadrunners because I think they got something going on here. 
No, I, I think right on. I think you're 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 right about that. I think uh, Tucson has some good young players as well, and and hey, I mean they they kind of more of a of a gritty team, then they kind of play a lot of close games, and I think that can benefit you as you go down the stretch. But Tucson is certainly a, a much improved team as as the Arizona Coyotes have sort of improved their their roster a bit, and and that means these guys will be in Tucson for a bit, and and I think that's a good good thing. If, if the team can stay together, they'll be a, a contending team. Will they finish in the top four? I don't know, but I, I think they've been wanting to kind of have a breakout season for the last couple of years, and this could be that season. So uh, I think you're not going to see them fighting for a playoff spot this year. I think they're going to be comfortably in when it comes time for uh, playoff time, which, again, seven of ten teams get in, so it is quite – you know, there's only a few teams that don't get in, but, of course, don't ask uh, Henderson and San Jose. They would have loved to have been in last year. and. Or didn't get in, or San Diego. So uh, Tucson did get in and battled. And that's the other thing. Tucson got in last year, and they took Coachella Valley, who was the best team in, or the second best team in the AHL behind Calgary. But of course, Coachella Valley ended up going all the way to the Game Seven of the Calder Cup uh, Finals, and Tucson played them tough in that first round. So um, it it doesn't even really matter, and they because they got better as the season ended, especially with Arizona's season ended in the NHL and stuff. So um, so Tucson has the potential to be a really good team and to be a tough out for, for these teams if they have their right personnel on their team. Well, I don't want to slate anybody, but I'll tell you, let me read off a few names to you from the forward group, and you tell me if you're not three lines deep here. Um, Dylan Gunther is on this roster. Nathan Smith. <laughs> ben McCartney. Decent. Justin Kirkland. Jan Unique. Uh, Curtis Douglas, who's one of my favorites at six foot nine. Um, Austin Paganski from last year's Coachella Valley team, Colin Tyson, Josh Doan. Um, if you're counting numbers there, folks, that's about three lines worth of forwards right there. And, and I don't want to could... slight the rest of the guys, but that's pretty good. If you have three talented AHL lines that you can pretty much rotate. And some of those guys could be NHLers are, are close to being NHLers and can, and the circumstances present themselves could end up being on NHL teams. I mean, Josh Stone has been impressive. I think it's right that he's he's in Tucson. He's just basically starting out his career, uh, coming off his career at Arizona State in NCAA. And uh, Nathan Smith has been there for a little bit. And Dylan Gunther's another one that's a good name and, and has been impressive and, and has an opportunity to, to make an NHL team at some point. But um, you have those guys on your team that could could – play at the NHL level, to have them on, the, on your AHL team uh, gives you an upper hand for sure. Yeah, I think the offense will be just fine in Tucson. Uh, Goaltending-wise, Jared Moe, the uh, former gopher, Minnesota Golden Gopher from New Prague, Minnesota. And uh, Matthew Viel Vielka is uh, the former uh, Ontario Reign, correct? That is correct, yes. So the two of them seem to be handling the duties to start the season. We'll see how that goes as, uh, as things continue, but Pretty impressive to see those four teams at the top. Like I said, it is very, very early, uh, so I don't want to uh, you know, get crazy here. But um, when you look at the Calgary Wranglers, um, I think their big thing was once again looking at number 32, Dustin Wolf. Yeah, yep. 
Yep, the Wolf of Calgary, as you call him. <laughs> you got him in your lineup along with Oscar Dansk uh, as his backup. You're starting off pretty solid defensively, and I like the defensive core with Calgary. I know they can score as well, but Sam Jardine, uh, Nick DeSimone, um, Colton Pullman, I mean, there's some really talented uh, defensemen on this roster to go in front of those two great goaltenders. And offensively, of course, you get uh, Brett Sutter back, uh, the captain and the leader, and uh, the guy that I've always loved since watching him play in Henderson, Ben Jones. I think he's uh, a great, uh, a great offensive threat. So you look at the guys that they're bringing in. Cole Schwint is another one that's uh, having a really um, good camp and off to a good start. Alex Gallant is also looking that way. So um, Calgary's going to be around there too, aren't they? Yeah, I mean they were the they were the t best. They had the best regular season record in AHL history, and they are a very good team. And they've had some of the same guys back. The goaltending tandem is basically the same. It is the same, Dustin Wolf and Oscar Dansk. So that's already gives you an upper hand. It's very tough to beat those guys. Uh, they Calgary has started off one zero and one. The only thing is, I think after you have a new coach, so you know, there could be there's some of that. There's also uh, a new coach at the NHL level, the Calgary Flames, and I bring that up because sometimes that impacts how a team will play if, if a team changes up systems of the NHL coach or the AHL guy comes in and changes some things. So there could be some different things that they play that they do. So it may it may be good or sometimes maybe a different style of team that maybe makes them more vulnerable than they had been in the past. So I'll watch that to see if that's if, how that develops as the season goes along. But uh, but certainly it's their it's their division to to lose since they are the ones that won it last year and see if somebody can knock them off. But uh, something tells me it's not good. They're not. I, I'll make this prediction now because they were so dominant last year in the regular season and they had, like I said, the best. If, I, if I'm mistaken, the best regular season AHL uh, record in history. You are correct. Something tells me that's not going to happen this year. I, and, and it's weird because Coachella Valley was right on their heels too. I mean, they it was it was pretty tight in the end there. So uh, something tells me it's not going to be quite as as dominant. I think they're going to come back to earth a little bit. They could still win the division. It's probably still one of the favorites to do so. But it's it's not going to be as cut and dry as okay. Calgary's running away with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The other undefeated team uh, in the Pacific Division is the Bakersfield Condors. And again, you got to go to the goaltending room uh, to, to start things off. Calvin Pickard, who, uh, who we know is a solid veteran goaltender, professional goaltender, and uh, Olivier Rodrigue, uh, who's in goal as well with them. So it starts off great. Um, defensively, um, they're okay. I don't want to say that's their strong point, but offensively, they're high-flying, a lot like uh, their uh, parent team, the Edmonton Oilers. you got Drake Kajula. You have uh, Carter Savoy, of course, I'm very familiar with. you got Lane Peterson, uh, who was a former uh, Tucson Roadrunner. you got Brad Malone, who's been there forever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see Brad's alma mater, uh, North Dakota, play this weekend in a huge series against Minnesota. So, um I think Bakersfield will have no problem scoring goals, and I think their goaltending will be outstanding. If they have breakdowns and nothing against this group, but I think if they have breakdowns, it'll be on the defensive side of things. 
and they also lost Tyler Benson, who came and signed with Henderson, and and he's he's somebody that's a really good player. I mean, now that Henderson has got him on the other side, um, we're already seeing that the fruit the fruits of that labor with uh, Henderson, and so Bakersfield won't have that production in their lineup. So that that could be something that'll hinder them. Uh, Bakersfield, I, I, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because you know the first season that they. Uh, not their first season, but the first season we started really closely following it with uh, the COVID season. Uh, they were really good. They were right there with, with Henderson in the in the um, kind of the truncated season with a divisional playoff that, that they did in place of a Calder Cup playoff. And uh, obviously they ended up winning that. But the last couple of years, I mean, it's been uh, – it's hard to kind of figure them out because it's – the house stretches where they'll be really good, they'll win a bunch of games in a row, the – they're pretty good at home. I think they have a pretty good home home ice advantage. I've been I've been there one time. It's it's not a bad not a bad environment. Of course, I was there during the COVID season, so I didn't get to see it full, full on. But um, but it is a nice. And you've been to the city of Bakersfield, not been to a game there, but you've been to Bakersfield, so you know how how that is. And but it's been interesting because then also there's times where they they struggle and they and they lose. It, it, and this is a league too. In this division, it's if you're streaky you can really move up or you can really move down. And we've seen that with them. They've been kind of, there'd be times where they're like top four, I think maybe on the cusp of getting a three seed. And then there's times where they're, I think last year, even where they were like hanging on to see if they were even going to be in a playoff spot. So I, I, it's, it's, and of course it's a kind of a signal of their parent club, which is a really good Edmonton team. But you know, that's, I kind of, I've kind of weird on Edmonton because it's like, they've got two of the best players in the, in the world, but, you know they can be really good, but then they can be like the first couple of games they had were really bad, and they had a really good game, the last game for Edmonton, and their goaltending is kind of is kind of interesting, and just I mean they can be good in stretches and not so I kind of think the same with Bakersfield they can be really good and then they can be kind of like eh so so, uh, certainly against Henderson they're they're pretty good so they're gonna play them eight nine times so we'll see if that continues but um but yeah I mean. Against other teams, it's been kind of interesting. So uh, they are off to a one and zero start this year. So that that's always a positive. They beat Coachella Valley, so uh, that's a positive there. But uh, we'll see with Bakersfield. It's just kind of they're gonna have to show me something. I just I, I don't know. I, I really never can really figure figure them out because they're kind of very <laughs> streaky. I hear you. Well, speaking of teams that are hard to figure out, um, the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, to me, have been one of those teams as well, and I know their their parent club, the uh, San Jose Sharks, has struggled a little bit uh, the past few years. But um, I don't know what to think about this roster. It looks talented all the way across the board, but it doesn't look like there's a jump out group here. I, you know, uh, of course, very familiar with Magnus Krona coming over uh, after his college career at the University of Denver. And I think he'll make an impact, but again, he's his first year as a professional. It's going to take a little bit of an adjustment. Um, uh, Georgi Romanov um, is there as well, and uh, Makanemi is a guy that I really think uh, Itu uh, Makanemi is uh, a goaltender that I'm, I'm very high on as well. And when you look across their defensive end, of course, I jump right to Ethan Frisch, who I've known for a while now from Moorhead, Minnesota, and. Uh, Ethan is very stabilizing on the defensive end, so I think he'll be very good. Again, in the Rock, uh, another solid hockey player. Henry Thrun is another great defenseman. So you look at that and you go like, okay, 
defensive core, pretty solid. And then you look at their offense, and, and one of the names that jumps out to me right away was uh, Anthony Vincent, a kid that had a really good career at Long Island University, and they're so proud of him. They have his jersey in the locker room, and uh, he's the guy that they're uh, – showing their recruits to like, hey, you can come to Long Island and you can earn a spot uh, in the AHL or the NHL like one Anthony Vincent as well. So you go down the list, um, Tristan Robbins, Nathan Todd, um, Oscar Lindblom. Um, there's just a whole bunch of talent. It's can they put it all together? And, uh, you know, it's not only putting it together, but it's the competition you face. And we've talked about how strong the American League Pacific Division is. We have, and, and the other factor, too, is the Sharks and, and their makeup of their team and, and how that stays as the season goes along. Will there be – will they players go up and down a lot? Will there be a lot of that? Will the, will the team, the players that they have, will they stay together? And if so, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because are they going to be good or they're not going to be good? Some of their really good players are, I think, on the NHL team, so they don't have them in their lineup. So it's it is a lot of young – younger players that um, will try to figure out that. I mean, they, they seem to have been improved, but I mean, I, I look at, I look at Henderson last year, a team that was pretty, pretty young relatively, and they struggled at times. So I think it's, it's the same going to be with San Jose with a lot of young guys that, uh, you know, it's still maybe young in their careers, which is not a bad, I mean, that's, this is a development league. So as long as you're progressing and getting better, but to expect them to be like this powerhouse in the AHL, uh, this year is certainly probably a real far stretch. Now, will they even make the playoffs? It's I think they're going to be right at the cusp of of that line, and and maybe they'll surprise people. But you know they're off to a one and one start, so that that's good too. I'm going to see Henderson them more closely tomorrow and here in person when uh, San Jose comes to play Henderson here. This is Henderson's home opener, so um, you know, and San Jose's like another team that has moments of being really good and and moments where they're not really good, but I guess that's a lot of these teams at this league. Although, as I mentioned, there's some teams that are pretty consistently uh, play, play pretty well, and and uh, so I, I it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll see the Barracuda tomorrow in person, so I have a better pulse on it. But um, I, I just I don't know what's going to make of them this year. But um, I, I think there's no question they they probably got a little bit better, but it, did they get enough better to be one of the top top middle or top tier teams of the division that remains to be unseen yeah good stuff okay jump down to uh, coachella valley and we take a look at them a little closer uh obviously the big loss there is uh, joey decord moving up to the uh seattle kraken so they bring in jack lafontaine they bring back chris drieger uh they have elise uh, stiska uh so they've got three pretty solid goaltenders but can any of them step up and be the next Joey Decord, for lack of a better term. Uh, Jack LaFontaine certainly has that ability. Chris Drieger is just a, uh, a seasoned pro and uh, is always uh, seemingly ready to go and ready to make the move up if he has to. So uh, I think goaltending, they'll be just fine. Uh, when I look at their defensive core, I like it. I like it a lot. Gustav Olofsson, uh, Riker Evans, Jimmy Schultz, um, Kale Fleury, uh, Petro Seppala. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on the defensive end. So uh, I think it's just a matter of those guys getting comfortable uh, with their teammates. Offensively, I mean, you throw out names like Luke Henman, John Hayden, Cole Wind, 
Max McCormick, Cameron Hughes, um, Andrew Portolowski. Uh, you bring in Billy uh, Petman, who I thought was outstanding last year, Jeremy McKenna, Shane Wright. I mean, how can this team not challenge for that, uh, that Calder Cup again this year? Yes, a lot of those names you mentioned were on with them last year. So it's like it seems like a lot of the same the same roster with last year that obviously had a really good season. Um, the only thing that will be different is I think the other teams that they play will be, I think will have be will put up more of a fight, will be more competitive, will be more talented. Um, obviously, we see Bakers who will come in there and stun Coachella Valley on opening night, but that can always be kind of a, a tough game. And I'm sure there was a banner that – that went up. I don't think they did. I don't know if they did a full banner raising that you do when, it, when you're a champion. But you know, it was opening night for them. They're the defending Western Conference champs. So, um, I think, I think there's going to be a bit of a target on Coachella Valley's back because they are the, they were the best team in the Western Conference last year, and and teams are going to want to play them. And obviously, other teams have organizations have worked to improve their, their, uh, their teams, and I think that's going to make it more more competitive for Coachella Valley. That's why I said Calgary and Coachella. It was like, really, it was like, it was like Calgary uh, and Coachella Valley were like one and two the whole year. And then there was like this middle part. And then there was the teams kind of down at the bottom, maybe out of the, the playoff race. And it was kind of that the whole year. And it was those two teams. And then it was like middle of the pack teams kind of shifting position as the year went on. The teams got on streaks or losing streaks or whatnot. And then there was kind of the teams that, got off to really rough starts like a San Diego, which dealt with a ton of injuries last year, call up to Anaheim. So that really hurt them. Henderson got off to a really bad start and, and they got better as the season went on, but they dug themselves so deep of a hole. They just never really could fully get to, uh, to where they wanted to, to, to get to. And, um, and the other teams, they got off to such great starts. And this year, Coachella Valley gets a full season in their new building. Um, and I mean, they, they had a full season last year, but I mean, they start, they don't have to be on this long road trip last year which in a way i think maybe helped them i mean you don't want that kind of a long road trip but they had they dealt with so much adversity in that first part of the season because they were spent so much time on the road and it's different in the ahl because it's it's not like you're on the road the whole time you probably come home you know you have a few days in between then you have to bus or travel back out somewhere but um but they were together a lot that first uh part of the season because there were so many road trips and i think that benefited them in a way they were able to get closer as a team and and it seemed to really help them. So this year now it's just going to be kind of more normal for them. They'll have their, their road trips and stuff, but um, it's they won't have that long stretch of it, So um, at least to that extent. So we'll see how that all plays out. But um, I, I certainly think they're, they're the favorites to, to win the division again or and uh, end up winning the whole conference, that, for that matter, but certainly to win the division. And, and somebody else will have to, to prove prove that it's them. But um, they're going to be right, right there towards the top, I, I think, for sure. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. So let's move on to Colorado. This is a team, uh, Stephen, that I think has to come together. Um, it, it's going to take a little while because they have so many new faces. They, I think this is a team that's going to regress a little bit. You, you think so? Because uh, I, I don't know if they uh, – maybe the start of the season, but there's too much talent, I think, on this team. And we know Aaron Schneekloth uh, is going to bring them together at uh, at some point in time. It's a matter of how deep of a hole do they – they fall into before things get going. They're already off to well, an 0-2 start. Well, that's so, what I was uh, just saying. That's what I was just saying. You, it's really – you can't – in this league, you really can't get off to too – dig yourself too deep of a hole. It's so tough to climb out of because a lot of the games are divisional games, 
and other teams are playing divisional games. So a lot of times one team's going to win, one team's going to lose, or you get a point or whatever. So it's not like half your schedule is outside your division or outside your conference for all the teams. It's, it's all divisional games. So you know one t- when, when there's so many divisional games, one team is going to win that game, one team will lose, and maybe sometimes it'll even – a lot of times, because they're always so close, they end up going to an overtime or a shootout, so then the other team still gets a point. So that's just where it, it's hard to, to climb. Um, it's also good because you, if you're behind and you do get better, then you can play the teams that are ahead of you. You can make make the jumps. But uh, but if you dig too deep in the hole, I mean, I saw it in Henderson. And as I said, they, they had they had their streaks where they uh, were they got off to a really bad start and they never really recovered from the first couple of months where they, they got off to a really rough start. And, and yes, they even later in the season had bad streak, losing streaks and stuff. But, uh, but there was a period, I think if, if they didn't get off to such a bad start, they probably would have maybe, they probably would have sneaked in at the, uh, maybe as the, the last playoff team or maybe even in, but uh, so Colorado cannot afford to, to dig too deep of a hole, which right now they're already owing to. That's why I said, they, I think my regrets, as you said, they have a lot of new, Faces and have a new coach, um, but you know maybe maybe they can turn it around. It just also depends on the Avs too, and if they if you know they were some what their situation is, and they're obviously the Avs are, are a really good team, and and probably will have a lot of their guys the whole year, so there won't probably be as many call ups there. But uh, you never know what can happen in a season. I mean, um, but well, what I will tell you with Colorado is that some of the guys that they sent down to the ECHL, I was shocked at which tells me that uh, Coach Sneakloth has uh, looked at his players uh, closely and feels that the guys that he has are the guys that he wants to run with, at least to start with. Uh, but when you can send the kind of talent that they sent down uh, to the ECHL in, in uh, Utah, um, you got to look at it and go, okay, there's uh, there must be something here. Uh, goaltending is strong again. Eustace and Noonan um, is really going to get a bulk of the work. Arvid Holm will back him up, it appears. From this point, so two big goaltenders, 6'4 and 6'5, respectively. Uh, defensively, I can't, I, I really have a hard time finding a problem with this defense. We know Keaton Middleton. We know uh, Brad Hunt. Brad Hunt named the captain, Keaton the uh, alternate, uh, just today. Um, we know Sam Malinsky, at least I do, from college. Uh, really solid college player. Wyatt Ahmet, another great college player. Caleb Jones, uh, that sound familiar? Coming over from. Uh, from the uh, Chicago organization. Um, and then when you look at their offense, how can these guys not score? Ben Myers, Brett Stapley, Jason Poulin, Spencer Spallman. They picked up uh, Riley Tufty, who I really like, a former Bulldog, by the way, and uh, played in Dallas uh, or with the you Texas had to get Stars. That in there, didn't you, with that oh, of course. Oh. Yeah, always. Uh, Oscar Olison is back with the, uh, the roster again for, I think, a third or fourth year. Uh, Henry Bowlby. Um, another a really good offensive player. So I think, it, you know, what Colorado is going to need is some time to gel. And uh, hopefully they don't get, like I said, too big of a hole because once they gel, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, I see that. And, and I and I guess, you know, you look at the two games they lost. It was against Grand Rapids, so it wasn't divisional games. It was away. So it's, it's like you said, it's the first games with, with Aaron Sheikoff, uh leading the team and, and the new guys trying to figure things out. So um, I think that's a lot of the early part of the season, too, is you're just trying to figure out what you have. Because, you know, we, we keep in mind that the the preseason for the AHL is not very 
uh, long. It's a couple of games, maybe if that, maybe some teams only play one. Um, there's a camp, you know, there's training camp, but that's usually about only a week because it's the NHL. You know, you're with the NHL club for the first couple of weeks of that. You, some of the guys do get in preseason games in the NHL, and then they practice in the with the big club, and then they eventually. If they don't make the big club, then they end up in the training camp for the AHL, and then then they get a couple of preseason games in, and then the regular season starts. So, um, I think all that instead, and and yes, the preseason people say, well, it's not really important, but it, it maybe it is important to kind of figure out what you're having. Even the preseason games at the AHL, because the ECHL season hasn't started, so you've got the guys that are probably going to be ECHLers that you've got them at there, so you're trying to figure them out and maybe get them a game in. So. But what I'm trying to say is that you you really don't know what your line makeups are going to be, and that changes so much in an AHL season anyway. It's not as set in stone as an NHL club where they have pretty much the same guys in their same spots. The AHL lines have shuffled around quite a bit because it's also developmentally. You're trying to get guys in and guys out, and you can have more more players there, and, and you move people around and try different things. So uh, all that is, is, is good. So I think with Colorado, yeah, they're 0-2, but um, – I still don't know where they're going to finish. I still think maybe they're not going to be as good as they have been, but that doesn't mean that they can't be a, a better team than than what I'm saying. But it's it's way too early, and like I said, they didn't play their division yet. They haven't been at home yet, so um, you know it's you, you see an O two start, you think okay, well they're not going to be a good start, and that, and that goes back to not overreacting to two games. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out for the Eagles. Yeah, totally agree with you. And last but not least, the Ontario Reign. Um, when I look at them, I see almost a mirror image of uh, of Colorado. A group of guys that have so much talent, but maybe haven't played enough together yet to uh, to to get things on track. But goaltending, Eric Portillo, uh, David Riddick, uh, those two alone uh, should be able to support this uh, this team most of the season, if not all of the season. Do you feel like the Ontario Reign? We'll have a good season. I I think they will. I think when it comes right down to it, they're gonna. I just think that the Pacific Division this year, I don't find a weak link. I really don't. I think uh, it's gonna be a battle night in and night out. Uh, when I look at the Reigns' offense, how can this team not score? Mikhail Maltsev, Achille Thomas, Alex Turcott, T.J. Tynan, Taylor Ward. Um, you just go down the list. Charles Houdon. Uh, they've got some really talented players, but a lot of them just haven't played together yet. And if I think there's an area that they need to improve on, it might be their defensive core. I'm not totally sold on that. I know they got Kevin Connaughton in there as a veteran to uh, you know to bring uh, a veteran presence there. And Brant Clark has obviously uh, done it for a little while. Cole Krieger is uh, is pretty solid as well. But I just think their defensive core and their offense is going to be. I mean, their uh, goaltending and offense will be the keys for what uh, Ontario does this year. And again, they're off to a slow start, so you got to watch out. You can't dig yourself too big of a hole, or uh, it's hard to dig back out, as you mentioned. Yeah, Ontario. What do I say about them? I, I don't. I'm not as optimistic about them as maybe you are. I, you know, I, I know we like to think all our teams are going to have great seasons, but I just. I, I'm kind of, I'm not. I'm mysterious on what what kind of season Ontario is going to have. Um, why you know, Why do you say that? Back it up with something. Well, I just, I, I don't know. I, 
I don't really understand. I don't really know. I just kind of feel it's more of a gut feeling. But I just think um, I, I don't. I they lost some of their their key guys, but as you mentioned, they do have like a, a Brent Clark, who's a really good player, and um, the goaltendings you mentioned. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about them, but I just they don't sound. You know, they don't seem like they. I mean, they already off to an O two start again. Don't want to overreact to that, but. I just think the teams around them are better too, and I just think Ontario, even even last year, they really struggled towards the end of their season, and then, uh, and of course, it it all depends too on how their roster looks up with the Kings and how their season goes, and and I just I think there's going to be some movements in the lineup because I think the Kings will probably end up calling people up for now, and I just I don't know, I just don't see them going to be like this team that's going to be at the the top tier of the division i they maybe will end up middle of the pack but you know even like i said last year they they got in but they kind of struggled down the stretch to really uh to really win and they did get in but it was a struggle and i just i just think it's going to be some of the same this year all right, fair enough. Gut, gut reactions are sometimes uh, the best reactions. So, uh, and, and I've got a big gut. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. They let's come let back. In, they may not let me in the building in Ontario anymore. <laughs> but, uh... Well, that big gut might do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take Look, a quick break. Were, I have nothing wrong with being wrong. I, I think I think if it turns out to be different, I'll I'll say I was I was wrong and and. And I, and I have to study these teams a lot more, and I'll get to see some of these teams in the next few weeks. I think Ontario comes here uh, pretty soon in the season, and and when I get more time, I'll start looking at these teams more. But but just kind of a lot of it, I'm just going kind of based off what happened last year, just some of the additions that we know of, and you know, not really. And uh, and so I just I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's it's going to be. I mean, especially as we've talked about with other teams getting really uh, improved. Uh, Ontario looks like they've—I don't know if they've necessarily improved. They've kind of stayed where they are, and I don't know if that's good enough to to be one of the top teams. It just kind of stay where you are, uh, kind of teams when other teams have done so much to really improve their roster. Yeah, so many variables in American Hockey League action, and that's what makes it so fun, right? It's, it's so exactly it's not, it's exactly so, it's it's so hard to predict, which which is tough, but it's also kind of like makes it exciting because you just going into a season because it it can change so much from one season to the next nhl you kind of know okay and, and nhl changes too because of salary cam and stuff but it's like the top teams are, are probably going to be the top teams again that are going to be but the ahl and yes yeah, seven teams get in so it's a, a lot of the same teams will get in but it's but it's it could be a very different standing one year to the next than it was the prior year so i think that makes it exciting too when there's a lot of unpredictability because there's variables with roster makeup and how those go in a season with, with call-ups and with injuries and other things like that. And just um, more variables at the AHL level than, than you would have certainly at the NHL level, of course, which is the top tier league. So um, that's makes it tougher for us, but we enjoy it because it just makes it more fun that you go to the, you go to the game one night and, and you may think you can figure out what's going to happen and you don't know what's going to happen which makes it yeah. exciting for the fans that watch and for us that follow it so closely. Exactly. Take a quick break. Let's hear from our partners over at Jesse Ray's Barbecue, and we'll be right back. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, 
it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is the only place for weekly coverage of the AHL's Pacific Division. From Abbotsford to Tucson, hear from the players and coaches that create the stories we talk about live every week on the Podbean app, Thursday nights at 8.30 Pacific Time. The Pro Hockey West Report. You can listen live or search and subscribe to ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, and download to your favorite podcast platform. From ITHSW Podcasts, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report, the full coverage from the American League Pacific Division and, of course, the uh, NHL teams out in the West as well in the Pacific Division. Scott Strandy with you, sniffling a little bit, still battling a cold for more than a week, but uh, alive and well here in uh, Lake Elmo, Minnesota. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, vibrant championship city of Las Vegas. And uh, Stephen, with just a few minutes left in the show, I tell you, it flies by when you're talking about 10 different teams, but you had a chance to visit with uh, with a player. I don't know if you have that cut ready and can, can play that for us. Yeah, I'll do that in just a second, but even just, I was looking at the AHL site just as during that break there, and, and we talked about how a, a roster can be so variable, which makes it tough to predict. And I talked earlier, we talked about Abbotsford, and I mentioned uh, Rathbone. Uh, well, he's not even with Abbotsford anymore. It has already been traded. That's the other factor, too, is there's trades in the season. With, with the NHL clubs makes trades a lot of times with AHL trades, or, or, or they use them as, as um, assets to bigger trades and stuff. And that happened, that happened uh, where the pe- Penguins got Jack Rathbone and uh, Carol Plastic from Vancouver Canucks in exchange for uh, Friedman and Glover. So Rathbone had a couple of games already with Abbotsford, but now he's going to be on a new team. So we see that even in a season where there's trades too, which which changes the roster so much. I mean, the, Sil- the Silver Knights got a guy that didn't even think he was going to be on the team because he was picked up on waivers. And then right before the season starts, he's, he's on a team. So um, that's... The other factor, too, we've got to keep in mind, there'll be a lot of trades in a season, and a lot of times it's the, the younger guys that are in those trades that get uh, traded around or people get put on waivers and other teams claim them and stuff. So there's just a lot of um, factors, too, with AHL teams that um, kind of add to the unpredictability sometimes of how teams might end up. Yeah, good stuff. So uh, you had a chance to visit with a gentleman that got his uh, first NHL goal. Is that right? Yes, I did. You know, it, that's the other thing we we talk a lot about with the AHL, and and what it is so great about it. Obviously, it's it's a developmental league, and and it's great hockey. But the 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 dream of getting to the NHL is always in these players' minds, and they work so hard to get there. Not everybody gets there, or they and or get an opportunity to, uh, but. Some players do, and then it's even better 
if you get there and you stay there, or if you get there and you're able to uh, to play a uh, trying to find what I'm looking for here to try to to get a goal in that in that level. And and we're talking about uh, Braden Bahal, who has because of injuries to some of the defensive guys have had to uh, he's gotten some opportunity to to play. Of course, Bahal the captain of the Silver Knights the last season or so. Uh, but now he seems like he's going to be more time with the Golden Knights this year, at least in the early going while they've got some injuries. And White Cloud's probably going to be out a while. Martinez did come back, but he'd been out. And and uh, and Petrangelo's out right now for a few games. So Bahal's getting getting some chances. And, yes, he did get a goal the other night uh, in San Jose. Got a goal. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him. This was before opening night. So this interview was done before that. But I had talked to him about, getting a ring you know his name was on the stanley cup because he was played a couple of games last year or played a handful of games last year at the nhl level uh did play in one playoff game or maybe two playoff games in the stanley cup playoffs and so his name's on the cup he got a ring which of course the rings are very nice looking by the way and uh his name's on the cup so that's some of what we talk about here so here's Braden Bahal from just before uh, opening night which was uh about a couple weeks ago now First of all, talk about the uh, experience of getting the rings and being with the team last night and or on Sunday just getting the rings and what that was like. Yeah, it was super special. I mean, those things are you know the coolest thing that I've ever received. So super grateful to be a part of that and uh, you know thankful that the organization uh, thought to get me one. And was there, when you looked at it, was there something about the ring that was really stuck out or just impressive, just yeah, honestly, I think just the size of it, uh, it's it's huge, and uh, it's it's definitely eye-popping. Uh, it almost leaves you speechless, you know, I kind of looked at it, and I was like, wow, can't believe this is mine, so uh, something uh, pretty special to have, and, um, you know, passed down throughout, uh, you know, my family. Yeah, so you, you have any idea where you, where you might keep it, or... I think I'm going to bring it everywhere I go, uh, you know, when I go home for the summers and then come back, or whatever it is, I'm going to bring it. It's something that... We fight to get through security, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, for sure. I think it's something you want to show off and, uh, you know, have on display in your house. Have you talked to some of your, your Henderson teammates? Have they, have they uh, you know, when you're from Henderson, what have their reaction been? Yeah, I sent them uh, a few pictures and, you know, they just, it's all congratulations and enjoy it and it's super cool to have so uh, they're all uh, super happy for me as well. Now going into this season uh, you know training camps over regular season starting like you obviously want to be a regular part of this yeah, team but just where, where, where do you feel like you're at going into this season? Yeah I think uh, you know through the preseason I feel like I got better every game and, and uh, you know I think it's just just a matter of building my game because you know I feel like I proved in, in the you know 10-11 games I played last season that I can play at this level so uh, you know, I think I just need to find a role that that I can help this team win and, and stick to that. And then what about, about tomorrow night, just um, you know, the banner raising, what, the, what that's going to be like, and then you kind of have to turn the page from that point, but just what tomorrow will be like when the banner goes up and then, of course, turning the page now to your season. Yeah, it's a super special day for the organization and, you know, everybody that was a part of that, that run last year. So it'll be super amazing to see that go in the rafters and then, you uh, you know, it's time to regroup after that and, you know, not put that in the past, think about it, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can do it again. And, and just being a part of the team's first in their, in their history, it's, it's, it's 
got to be extra special because it's only you only win one the first time. First time. I mean, they, they may win others, but part of the very first one for this city and for this team. Yeah, it's it's super special uh, being the first. Stanley Cup banner up there. It's uh, you know something that'll hang hang up there forever. And uh, you know whether you come here as a fan or uh, as a you know opponent opponent or you know each time you, you step on that ice, you're gonna look and, and remember that night. So it's uh, it's a special thing for sure. Yeah. So that was Pahal just before opening night, which was a couple of weeks ago now. But um, I think it's kind of interesting because you know he he him and, uh, and you know, he got a got a ring. His name gets on the the Stanley Cup. There was a few other players that, you know, didn't play a whole lot in the playoffs, but certainly were were factors throughout the season that got their names on the cup. And I think of a Paul Cotter, who's was an AHL guy. Now he seems he's like he's a mainstay now in the Golden Knights. And and that's what you see. That's what that's what it's about. And and a lot of times it it works out and works out with the organizations that either you drafted you or or, or you've been with for a while. So. Um, of course, Pahal now has, has got a goal. Like I said, he got the other night. And uh, Caden Korzak, another name. He, he got in the lineup the other night uh, and got a goal on uh, on Tuesday against the uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. So that was uh, exciting. And, and he's another guy, too, that, uh, you know, he, he'd probably end up back in Henderson, I would think, because some of the defensemen come back for the uh, Golden Knights. But um, he's getting his opportunities, and he's making the most of it now. And you could just see how happy he was the other night when we talked to him in the locker room after the game. How happy he was to get that first goal and to and to get that uh, get that kind of off your get that checked off your list of things you want to accomplish in your career, getting your first NHL goal. And, and you know, defensemen don't are not known to be necessarily the most avid scorers, but to, to get the goal scorers. But you know, for him to get one is. And he's a guy that can score. He's, he's scored a few few goals at the AHL level, so um, it's good to see him get rewarded with one. And and he almost had two. He saw another one from the, later in the game from the you know from the from the point two, but it was deflected in by Carlson. But but so he had two points that night. So that was impressive too. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you get that opportunity, you want to take advantage of it. So um, congratulations to him. Um, another Henderson Silver Knight already at the top of the leaderboard in scoring in Sheldon Remble. Uh, Sheldon's off to uh, three goals, two assists right off the get-go on the first weekend. Any surprise there, uh, Stephen, from what you've seen from Sheldon? No, not not a surprise. He was named the AHL Player of the Week as well, and uh, not not surprised. Again, uh, he was with the Silver Knights last year, but like I said, this is a – and we saw him previously with – in the Vancouver organization, also with times in the uh, – LA and Carolina, he has played 12 NHL games. And I think he's another guy that, and he's gotten called up last year a couple of times when they had some injuries in the forward side of things, the Golden Knights did, and he can come in and, and give you some good minutes. And and I think he's a guy that is going to have a, a really good season, and I think he's a good veteran leader for this uh, Silver Knights team. And I think it's no surprise that he was named the, the player of the week for the AHL. I mean, he had... As you mentioned, those numbers, he had a really good first two games against Iowa, and I think he's going to have quite a few of those uh, kind of uh, weekends uh, down the road here. So, it, it okay, not, yeah. And one thing I want to close with is uh, there was a goalie goal uh, <laughs> also credited this week, correct? I did. Yeah, I sent that to you. Uh, it's a guy that we know from the di- from the division from last year. Uh, his name is uh, Strassman. He is now with the uh, 
Laval Rockets, and uh, he got a goal because what happened was he was the last Rocket player to touch the puck before the uh, Rochester Americans inadvertently shot it into their own net on a delay penalty. But nonetheless, it's it's his goal, and so it is a goal. But um, <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot for love a goal to get credited with a goal. You love it, but but the details here don't matter, right? It's a matter of that that he gets the the goal and. Uh, they don't ask how. They just ask uh, yeah. how many and in the uh, in the book. A, he'll have a one next to him for uh, for goals in his <laughs> in his career. At, at least and of course, he's a former Michigan Wolverine NCAA player, so got to get that in there as well. So yeah, we'll keep looking- track of the uh, the top goal scorers and the uh, top point getters and the top goaltenders as the uh, season rolls on. He's, Again, he's, very early. He's leading the league among goaltenders in goal scored. So. He's got that going. Nice. You got to love that. Got to love that, that category. Him, but, <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool to see that. But, yeah, he was, uh, of course, with the San Jose Sharks prospect, but now he's with the uh, – he's in the Laval Rockets, which is the Montreal Canadiens uh, AHL affiliate. So gets an opportunity there, and now he's got a goal to show for it. So uh, there, there you go. And, by the way, the uh, Laval Rocket is uh, really off to a, a fast start. They got some really talented offensive players, apparently, on that uh, in that lineup. So they are, but uh, they're zero two and one to start with. So <laughs> yeah, but they can score, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they got, yeah they yeah, but they're zero two and one. Of course, the uh, All Star game was uh, there this past year. With the, it was hosted by Lavelle, and of course, this year the AHL All Star game is going to be in San Jose. So. Maybe you and I will be making our grand return to Tech CU Arena like we did. Oh, wouldn't that be grand, huh? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? And you can pick me up from the airport as you drive all day long to no. get there. And we're, I no. show up and you pick gonna, me up. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen again. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out as time goes on. So go ahead and take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report brought to you by... Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. Buy Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, uh, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone 14, although now it's iPhone 15. So get, get the new iPhone 15. Go to tmobile.com and uh, I think you can still get one of those. So find out how you, you can do still that. get a 14 too if you want. So 14. Okay, there you go. All right, so that hasn't changed. Uh, FedEx, the official delivery company of IceTimeHockeyWest.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Just don't want to get people false advertising here. I want to make sure <laughs> so people can still get a 14 on us. Perfect. That's good. And, and that's good. And they can do They that. can get both a 14 or a 15 at T-Mobile. So you just ask. Ask, and <laughs> ask, you shall be granted. Tell them Scott Sandy stingy. Don't, yeah, don't, tell them that. That's a good one. Ice Time Hockey West. Ice Time Hockey West, okay. <laughs> there we go. All right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Enjoy the hockey this week. Stephen and I will be back next Thursday to update you on what's going on in the American Hockey League Pacific Division and also touch a little bit deeper into the NHL Pacific Division. Good night, everybody.
Take care, everyone.